Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Bolton. And I can't hear you. I can't hear me. Well, I think I'm, I think I'm there, but it's just not. You like keeping that thing far away from your mouth. Well, I'm a heavy breather. and Yeah. So anyway, hey, Double Dropkick Show, the wrestling podcast. We talk about the wrestling you grew up with, the wrestling you need to watch now and stuff. Um, I had a computer issue. And... Of everything that I did, I made one mistake. I made backups of everything except some audio files. Mm-hmm. And so the Double Dropkick Show, as you're listening to this episode, you may, you may or may not have noticed we may have a new intro. Huh. Uh, I'm trying to get – I do have a backup of my whole computer. It's on a hard drive that I'm having trouble rebooting. Because yeah. we got a new router. It's just – it's not – it's like – it's not like irre- irreparable. It's not damage. It's just it just takes stuff time to reboot. You know. Yeah. Speaking of rebooting, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think of WrestleMania? WrestleMania to me is always kind of like the end of this journey, and then the WWE kind of reboots. And to you, it's like that. Is is it also like your opinion that the day after Thanksgiving is one of the busiest shopping days of the year? You know, the day after Thanksgiving like, is one of the biggest shopping days of the year. Right, right. But but like you're saying to me, WrestleMania is always kind of the culmination of all of WWE's storylines, and then they kind of restart on that next Monday night and kind of refocus. And to me, and it's it's your opinion, right? That that's what they do. To me, <laughs> you're mocking me. <laughs> It is my opinion that you're right. Sorry. To me, is just a filler phrase. No, I know what you're saying. Do you, re- do you think a lot of people think WrestleMania is like the end of a long journey? Like, do other people really I know think it that? seemed like the end of a long journey to me when I got to the end of that thing. Holy Toledo. That was ridiculous. Can I? Okay. So, I'm, I'm going to come from a different angle. I started watching it at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I got up one time. Yeah. I had my food there. Mm-hmm. I got up. I missed the entire Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre match. Really? You I got up. You, I, that's you w- didn't miss much. I know. I that's when I was cleaning the kitchen and uh, just straightening some things up. Um. But yeah, it was really, really long. Which I guess that's not a bad thing. They're giving you a value for your money, but it was almost a dollar an hour. I got to be honest with you. That is one of the worst WrestleManias I think I've seen. Really? I, didn't, I don't recall anything standing out to me as special. Um, yeah. See, I it's I, that's why I wanted to talk about this because um, everybody else I talked to or saw was like, "Oh, that was a great WrestleMania," mm-hmm. and I I I'm kind of on the fence. There were some things that I really enjoyed. Uh-huh. Overall, I enjoyed it more than some other WrestleManias. However, you're 100% right. Even the, like, let's just start at the end. 
I felt like, okay, what if you're watching the Super Bowl and the final buzzer sounds, New England wins the Super Bowl. Oh, and there's Tom Brady. What a great Super Bowl we've had. That's it for now. See you later. And you don't get to see the trophy presentation. You don't get to see any of the interviews. That's how I felt about WrestleMania. I felt like they have made this big deal. We have been building to this women's main event for so long. We get to this match, whatever happened with the finish, whatever. But it was like Becky Lynch wins it. She's in there. She's looking for a mom. That was like, where's my mom? That's awesome. And it's like fade to black. And I'm like, what just happened? See, here's the thing okay. that I thought. Yeah. I find it just the opposite. Okay. Um, You're right. This was this overhyped match. Yeah. It was, that couldn't have lived up to no, the expectation. You're 100% right. However. That finish, I would equate that with Sting and Hogan from Starcade. Hundred percent. I would put it right there. It was awful. It was a. I don't. I don't recall. Listen, even if you don't like him, Roman Reigns, John Cena, The Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H, Undertaker, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Sid, Hogan, Warrior, Savage. King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant. The Malkies. Rowdy Roddy Piper. No, Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm just trying to think of people who have main evented Edge. Oh. And every one of them rose to the occasion. Yeah. Every one of them showed why. Oh, gotcha. That the company got behind them. Cause they, and, they sh- and they went out and they put on a hell of a performance. Mm-hmm. And they captivated people. And Becky Lynch is the culmination of this entire generation of wrestling fans to right. me. You know, I listened to her when I can. Steve Austin would say, "Austin three sixteen says I just whipped your ass." Right. You know, or what all these cat, all the catchphrases and the things that people would say. And Steve Austin cut Bret Hart. You gonna have to kill me. And we went from that to I remember the the week before when they had that big brawl with the police. I'm talking about Charlotte, right. uh, Ronda, and Becky. And Becky Lynch said, "Kiss my foot, you little weirdo." And I thought, man, this is where we're at in wrestling now. That mm. this is this is the insult. Kiss my foot, you little weirdo. Oh my! See, I missed that. <laughs> they, they, I don't see how they replayed it over and over again. I did, yeah. Kiss my foot, you little weirdo. And she kept calling Ronda Rousey a little weirdo. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, I'm sorry. I mean. She's good. I get it. She's, right. She's she there. She has a it factor about her. There's right. something about. But I understand it. But man, did they drop the ball on the finish of that match? So who? Okay. I haven't listened to other podcasts talk about this. Me either. Who is that? Depending on who you talk to, that was the finish. That was not the plan. Finish to me. That's on the referee. I've seen referees. Where a guy didn't kick out, and it wasn't, the, I mean, more on local shows, where a guy didn't kick out, and he counted, mm-hmm. and he counts the guy out, and the match is over, and he calls for the bell. The referee's there. Mm-hmm. It's clear. Neither sh- her, of her shoulders are on the mat. And he I counted agree, three. And he counted it anyway. Yeah. And Man, they should have just, the thing today is, though, I don't think anybody has the ability to to ad-lib and do something on the fly. Right. That happens to Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. 
the referee can say, you know what, the shoulders went down. I made a bad call. We're going to restart the match. He don't have to talk about it. Right. We don't have to tell Steamboat and Flair how to get to a how to get to a finish. Right. I remember um, it was Pee Wee Anderson counted out Barry Windham and one of the weirdest right world yeah, title. Yes, I remember. And um, Pee Wee Pee Wee was like, no, no, your shoulder call for the bell. And Barry Windham's like, oh gosh, what have I done? Right. You leave your shoulders down. I understand that. Yes. Your shoulders don't come up, but her shoulders were not down. Not even close. Not even close to being down. Yeah. And they still counted it, and it was. I don't know. To me, it killed all of it. Like, I 100, yes. It was like this huge build up, this big stick of dynamite with this huge fuse, and then it finally went, and it was one of those. But, you know, when you light fireworks and you get the dud and you're waiting on it, and it just goes. To me, that's what that was. That was supposed to be her crowning moment. And, and like, to, like I said, for me, I felt bad for. I felt bad for Becky. I felt bad for all three of the girls, but the to me the referee should be like, dude, you you cannot like I would love to hear the recording oh, God. of what's going through the earphones, mm-hmm. but I think that contributed greatly to the end. It was just yeah. like what just happened, mm-hmm. and when they faded the black, half the country's like, what just happened? Right. You got all these people. Can, can we talk about this? Let's say that you and I went to WrestleMania, and we're traveling. Where were you? Uh, you got to get from hotel to the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, I just saw where, like, you know, the show lets out late. You know before you go, the show's going late. Right. Mm-hmm. And all these people are like, there wasn't any transportation. I'm like, what? what's the matter with you people? This is the world we live in. Yeah. This is... We couldn't get an Uber at one in the morning. Let me just tell you, I ain't getting an Uber at one in the morning. No. Mm-mm. I did see some the other day. They've got the big signs on them now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw the Uber going down the road with the big thing on top that said Uber, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, so so you were overall disappointed with WrestleMania. Yes. Yes, to- I think it was. it's one of the worst. I, I don't recall one match that I can look back on and say, man, that was awesome. I really like that. No, I, yeah, right. I'll, was there a moment that I'm missing? No, I you know? I think, I guess for me, as I was watching it, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, it wasn't like, oh, this, you know, this is awful. As I, but, like, I guess it just was underwhelming to me, man. Yeah. It, it felt like a glorified episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And just as much longer. Like, right, it was just a really long episode of Raw. Yeah, yeah. that's all it felt like to me. And that, I, like, I'm watching McIntyre and and Reigns, and there's nothing special about this match. The only thing special was Brock Lesnar. He's the only guy that you don't get to see all the time. Right, and everybody and, complains about that. And to me, the match that he had with Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan is the match that I wanted to see him have with Seth Rollins. Right. And, you know. Yeah, I I even felt like the Kofi Kingston thing. Okay, that was good. I'll, I'll give you that. I did enjoy the Kofi Kingston match. I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the emotion of it. To me, that's the closing. Yeah. That's the closing image. Uh, that's what a closing image of WrestleMania should mm-hmm. be. 
whether you like it or not, a guy's kid on the second rope celebrating with his dad, like that felt like a great WrestleMania moment. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, I kept – I kept having to convince my – this is not anything against Kofi Kingston. I'm sure he's a fine guy. He's a fine worker. But to me, I don't know, man. I don't know. He, You know, Wrestle, you just don't want to say it, whatever it is. Well, I mean, WrestleMania is, the, as some people would say, it's a combination of a long <laughs> journey. Uh-huh. And it's like Kofi's like, oh, we got 10 minutes left in this trip. Let me drive the last 10 minutes. That's how I felt, that he kind of came out of nowhere. There's nothing wrong. I mean, and like I guess for me, I'm wanting, man, it would have been nice. Nobody saw that coming. But once they saw it was a possibility, everybody jumped on that man wagon. Mm-hmm. And, what, <laughs> and people will say, boy, Vince, man, he's so stubborn. He's so set in his ways. He won't change right. anything. Then he does that, and we're like, you know, Vince ain't giving it. <clears throat> and I even saw a thing the other day, man. I was looking through the YouTube. Yeah. And why WWE's pushing Kofi down mm-hmm. our throats now? Jesus, man, what do you what do you want? Yeah. You know what I mean? What, I mean, whatever they do, there's just this small group mm-hmm. of very loud people that think they influence this product. Right. Now, oh, it's just they got their garbage takes about everything. I, that's why I just am staying away from it, man. I don't. Right. They beg for Kofi Kingston, and then they get him and say, "Well, and I'm then sure they he's get they on the Raw after Mania, they got the beach balls out." Right. Exactly. That's just. Yeah. But, but I I agree with you. Like, there's so much, nothing feels special anymore. No, no. WrestleMania used to feel special, man. I mean, I was going back and watching some stuff as I always do. Like that week leading up to WrestleMania, I tend to go back and watch other mm-hmm. WrestleManias. And, um, man, just I watched Bret Hart and Roddy Piper and, and, and for Roddy to lay down and get beat by somebody. Yeah. It's a big deal, man. Yeah. Like, I don't, if you don't understand that that was a big deal, you don't know the history of Roddy Piper. I wonder uh, how many times Roddy Piper got pinned not in very his many. career. Not very many. Yeah. He was real particular about protecting himself. I wish there were more people. Shawn Michaels said something the other week, and yeah, um, right. It got it got some, you know, some blowback from today's fans. But those of us that grew up in that area were like, "Yes, that's what you need." Where he was talking about everybody's everybody's friend now. This yeah. brother, 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 and you know, and everybody wants to be friends, and that's. That's fine, I there's guess. There's no rivalry right, or competition. there's no rivalry. I mean, I would, you know, like I think somebody said on something, man, about Shawn Michaels, okay, I get it that you hate me, but do you want to wrestle me? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, absolutely, I want to wrestle the guy because I know that I'm going to come out looking great. Yeah. You know, and, and you even look at guys that he didn't like, like Vader, where he had a really good match with Vader. Yeah. And had it, one of Mick Foley's. Best right. matches in, in his career was, right. was, was was against Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, I mean, we did a whole series of episodes on WWF 1996. Mm-hmm. And you said it, and you were right. That is just one of the strongest stretches of championship matches that any champion's ever had. Yeah, and it, I don't think they drew very well. 
Right. Um, but man, he had a bunch of different opponents. But the the point is, like everybody's friends mm-hmm. now. They or at least they all pretend to be friends. Right. I don't know if they really are, but they don't. None of them seem to want to look the other guy in the eye and tell him to screw off. And right. I don't want to. I'm not putting this guy over. Right. I'm not going to do it. If you can get a win on me, go ahead and take it. Yeah. Other than that. Right. You know. Right. So. Uh, and, and you just don't have that anymore, man. You don't have those rivalries anymore behind the scenes. Maybe you do, and we just don't hear about it. But. What did you think about um, – what did you think about saving Taker for Monday Night Raw? Or first, what did you think about Cena coming out? Doing his thugonomics. Imagine thing. how big. This is always my issue with that stuff. Yeah. Imagine how big Elias could be right now if John Cena started rapping on him and he punched him in the mouth and hit him with his finish. Yeah. So that's not. Your time is up. Yeah. And my time is now. Yeah. And then the next night, if the if he'd said something about going to be a dead man and the Undertaker come out and tried to put him in the tombstone and he slipped out of it and hit him with his finish. Yeah. How what is Elias's how, finish? Does anybody right, even know? That's what I was, and that's what I was about to say. But I don't even know what Elias's finish is. Yeah, because he never gets to hit it. Right. How, you can't make these guys stars by having the old. You know, used to the old guys came back and put the young guys over. Now they use a guy like Elias to bring somebody back, make him look like a fool, and then they expect you to get behind him as a big star. Right. This dude could be huge. He's incredible. Yeah. He looks like a million he bucks. He is man. stout. He's huge. He's a big old dude. He can cut a promo. He can work. Yeah. He's good looking. Two nights in a row, he could have beat up John Cena and The Undertaker, and he'd have been made. Yes. But yes. he's not. He's not. He's going to have a match against Undertaker at that Saudi Arabia pay per view. Right. And he's probably going to lose. Right. And then he'll be back on TV doing the same shtick. And they'll wonder why nobody, why why he's not getting over. Um, look, so I, I'm glad you brought up Saudi Arabia. Um, as fans, we have I, I don't know how we adjust. When you and I are sitting here talking about WrestleMania, doesn't feel special. There's so much wrestling, and <laughs> if, look no further. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Then this shield thing that's going on for three months. <laughs> Jeez, every time I turn on the TV, the shield's doing something for the last time. Well, and, <laughs> you and know they what had I mean? just had Dean Ambrose turn on yeah. Seth Rollins. It's just so stupid, man. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Um, so under if you if you believe reports, they saved Undertaker for Raw because they are building. They've gotten big money from Saudi Arabia to do those shows over there. Uh-huh. It's big money for The Undertaker, um, which will lead to another conversation. But the business model for WWE has changed. They will make more money from Saudi. They will make more money from their Saudi Arabia shows than what they will from WrestleMania. Right. And we have to like fans. We have got to either be like you and I have done. We watch it when we want to watch it. Mm-hmm. We follow, you know, I see the news stories in our uh, Facebook group, the wrestling you grew up with. Um, I see the posts there from WWF Old School. Mm-hmm. You know, they post uh, post a lot of things in there. And I can click on it, and in three minutes, 
I get. I'm caught up. I'm caught up. Uh-huh. And and instead of wait, uh, uh, watching for five hours, I get the high spots. I get the high points. Right. Um, and what I like about that website is every article. It refers back to an old show, gives you the results, has some videos in there. So even if you just like the old stuff, boom, there you go. But the business model for w- the WWE, in my to me, <laughs> in they're my here opinion. to make money. In my opinion, they're a business. Uh, you're right. <laughs> and the biz- like the, the they have got to adjust to a changing world, and that's definitely affecting. The product, the presentation. Uh, really? <laughs> but I don't think people, I, you and I are aware of that. You and I, you know, we can string a sentence together. But I think there's a lot of fans out there that they would rather WWF not do what's financially responsible and right. go out of business eventually. Yeah, but that, you know, and I don't say much about it. I was just reading another article about all these people that have been killed in Saudi Arabia. Right. I just, you know, I know it's a lot of money. I feel, I don't even know where, I I don't want to be too critical because I'm going to watch the show. Right. But man, this is, I don't know. It it just seems like bad public relations. I guess they're shocked that stockholders don't care as long as they're making money. Right. Um, it's just, it seems, yeah, I don't know. It feels dirty to me, man. It's just my opinion. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this Saudi Arabia stuff. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> Mark Whitman, I don't know how I feel about this Saudi Arabia stuff. Um, to me, Saudi Arabia has done some bad things. Yeah, yeah, it's it's my opinion. <laughs> it's my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely think there's a, a changing business model. I didn't think just as uh, you felt there was nothing significant with WrestleMania. That's how I didn't watch all of the SmackDown after WrestleMania. I watched all of the Raw after WrestleMania. I didn't watch either one. Uh, the Undertaker came out. Did what he does. I did watch that on YouTube. You know, uh, I, I like the. I mean, obviously, I like the Undertaker, mm-hmm. but man, I wish he'd put Elias over, help make him. Right? Can we talk about the the big news the last couple of days? Uh, we're recording this April the twenty fifth. Uh, the big news this week has been Undertaker and Kurt Angle. Yeah, we did this whole episode about Undertaker's podcast. Then he signed a new deal with WWE, and none of that's going to happen. Right, right. So, um, and everybody's up in arms. Kudos to Conrad Thompson. Let me Because of this. Conrad Thompson, I saw his quotes in Sports Illustrated about this deal. Conrad Thompson is a great businessman because he is able to quote, in this story, He's able to quote, he's able to express his disappointment and not offend anybody. He's not offending the folks at WWE. He's not right. offending the Undertaker. He's able to, he has figured out how to navigate what is, good Lord, is there anything tougher to navigate than the wrestling <laughs> business and all the carny stuff and good night and how do you figure out who's got heat with who and who can you, and he's figured it out how to, how to 
navigate all that. And he's learned, well, he's learned that the main language is this. Yes. For those of you listening to the audio, I just did the he's universal the... symbol for money. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. But who did? Did you see who they replaced him? Yeah, Kenta Kobashi. Make does that give you make you want to go to Las Vegas? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I hey, I, could go. Uh, I should get the fight thing again. I ended up. I haven't even watched all the stuff from the first Star Cast that I bought and, on fight. And he, uh, I guess he got the rights to that Bret Hart Tom McGee match, which is cool. He's going to bring both of them in to yes, talk about the they're, match. Now That's they're going to cool. show the match, but they're going to talk about. It. I thought that was. Oh, they're not showing the match. I, not to my knowledge. But they are going to talk about. Huh. Maybe they are going to show the match. I don't know. I don't Such know. Such an can. interesting thing, man. That like, there's this. Every time this happens, though, people just act like this holy grail of things has been found. Like to me, it's an interesting thing. Yes, and I'd really like to see the match just because right. it's been talked about in Bret Hart's book and and a couple other places. Right. I don't know, man. Every time something like that happens, it's like people latch onto it as though it's like this incredible. It's just a match against a job guy. I mean, it's right. not, you know, it's not like we found uh, some lost, you know, Luthez versus Bruno San Martino oh, match. Wow. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like we like found we're, that. We're I mean. watching, like, what was found was a TV, was a run-of-the-mill TV match. Uh-huh. Now, if you've not seen – uh Tom McGee, if you've not seen any of his Japanese stuff, uh-huh. you need to YouTube that. Yeah, he's awful. There, the one match that I've seen, and I, I don't know the guy he's wrestling, the Japanese guy. I forget. But I think I posted it in our group. But he just, clo- just clotheslines the crap out of him mm-hmm. multiple times and just trying to make him stay down. It's yeah. like McGee doesn't realize uh, you need to get pinned right here. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just a fascinating. It's just a fascinating time. Um, and and people are like, people are like, oh, WWE's being petty. They're being petty because guys that that they've guys they've signed to contracts. They want them not to work for their competition. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's just a whole generation, man. They don't. Right, they don't understand how contracts work. Right, they don't understand these things. They've never been made to do things they didn't want to do in a lot of cases. Well, and we live in a deck. We live in an era where everything fantasy football, fantasy basketball, WWE two K, where I can create myself, and I can be five foot five and a half inches, Uh and and I can do a hundred moves, and I could body slam Andre the Giant. On that, yeah. on that video yeah, game, right. and then there's guys that think, "Oh yeah, of course I'll be able to do an F five into a code breaker airplane spin on anybody." <coughs> True, and yeah, it's just uh, it's it's interesting to watch these all these guys who think they understand the wrestling business more than the people who are actually in it get worked on a daily basis. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you, know, you know, and they're always wound up about somebody saying something heelish. You know what I mean? Just right. things like that. It's just so interesting. They're the ones that sit around and act like they understand wrestling more than everybody. Right. That whole crowd, and you know the crowd. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we see them on Twitter all the time. They're explaining to Dave Meltzer 
Um, and the only reason they're smart at all is because of Dave Meltzer. Right. And then they're trying to explain to him how um, Roderick Strong is a bigger star than El Santo ever was. And, you know, and, and Dave's just like, and he's trying to have these arguments with these guys. And I'm right. like, why is he even engaging with these people? Like, they just found out who El Santo was because Meltzer said something that they went and read, read his Wikipedia. And then they actually believe that Johnny Gargano is a – is a bigger star than El Santo, you know. Yeah, but Gargano is this. And that. <laughs> you know, that like this was a national day of mourning when El Santo died. El Santo <laughs> drew more to a wrestling has drawn more to wrestling shows than Gargano drew at the Cleveland Indians game where he threw out the first pitch. Mm-hmm. A major league. Uh, El Santo drew more than a Major League Baseball game, I'm sure, at some point. Oh, yeah. I would say that's pretty sad. Uh, especially not, but, uh, yeah. Um, it's just a fascinating and I'm just time. using that as an example. No, no. Yes, yeah, like. But I do see that argument a lot. And Santo is one of those people. Santo and Ricky Dozan are two guys that he's always trying to explain to people. Like, these guys have uh, were, start, were just as big and probably. Right. I would say bigger than Hogan and Austin. Yeah. Somebody was arguing Rock and Santo, you know, right. and, and he was going, I think you just don't understand. Right. That Rock is not a bigger star. Rock may be a bigger worldwide star. I get it. For yeah. movies or whatever. But when you're just talking about wrestling, Rock is not a bigger star than Santo. No. He's just not. Right. And it was just these people don't want to accept the fact. Right. That that Dave's right, all because they're the in a cult of some other podcast that they don't understand is working. <laughs> when they tell them, you know what I mean? They're all working. They're all working, man. Bruce Pritchard is working, right? If Bruce you can't, Pritch- yeah. Bruce Pritchard worked himself back into a work, <laughs> yes. a working shoot. If you don't understand, if you can't read between the lines of everything that's said on that show, right? You know. God, man. There's so much that if you're listening for the subtle stuff that Bruce is telling you the real story. Right. If you just know what to listen for. Yes. Whether it be the crack of a beer can when he says something. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. You pick up on those little things when you listen to that show. It's not as good now, though. I haven't uh, haven't been listening to it. I don't know. I I, I guess because he went back and they're doing it over the phone. Yeah. But, like, Conrad has no passion at all. It's like, all right, so on this day, such and such happened. Chat me up on that, Bruce. Right. Almost like he's recording the questions and then Bruce is answering them. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Do you think Conrad is kind of hitting a point in that podcast that we hit with ours? I do. I do. I, I think I've it's the natural it, you know. flow of things. It is. I, you know, you have to, yeah. I thought that. I was listening to their last episode, and I thought, oh, we've been there. Yeah. You know, when it's just you kind of get this burnout of doing the same thing over and over again. Especially when, like today, and, and um, if you're, you know, some of you may be watching the video of this. You may be just getting the audio. I did sit down. I, I texted you mm-hmm. five or six ideas. And I went and wrote them down. Not near what we used to do, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to have some better show notes. There's no way, like we call it in the ring. We've all we we do a lot better job of that. I just wanted to kind of have no. Okay, this is where the conversation can flow. But if we want to chase a rabbit, we chase a rabbit. What we're talking about now is not in my notes. It relates to what we're, you know, talking about the overall thing of the wrestling business. But dude, when you're doing that much research, like it, it's like school. You got to have a summer break. And if you're pot, if you're putting out a podcast every week, there and is he not. A, and he wasn't. He ain't just doing it with him. He's got to do that with Bischoff. He's got to do, and he's running a business. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure he's probably reached a point in that business where he can kind of cash the let chip. it run itself. Right. But then he's doing it with Shivani. Now he's going to be doing it with Jim Ross. Oh, is him and Jim Ross doing a yeah. podcast together? Mm-hmm. And uh, which will probably be really good because I think Jim Ross is. Uh, probably going to be a lot more truthful right because jim because jim ross now he's he's done with wwe yeah but he's, he's always told the truth i think about right things. I, I think ross has always been a pretty straight shooter more than i think bischoff i listen to that show sometimes when they're talking about something that i want like it was interesting because i watched that spring stampede show i was telling you about mm-hmm. and then they did a show about it which right. is cool. So I, I, I went back and listened to that show. Well, and um, that's and everybody's been tweeting about the Dustin Rhodes Bunkhouse Buck match, which I, I want to watch that's today. That's ridiculous, isn't it? I think. I, listen, that's not the first time that's happened where you and I have talked about something. Like, like you know, we talked about, you know, today we've talked about WrestleMania being a journey. I, I bet next year they're going to book it like that. We talked, <laughs> about, we talked about Saudi Arabia. I bet they're going to run a show in Saudi Arabia, you know. <laughs> and if Elias starts, gets a big push. But it was it was weird to me to watch that show. All joking aside, to watch Spring Stampede, to watch that Bunkhouse Buck and Dustin Rhodes match, and then all of a sudden it is getting a lot of people right. talking about it. That's kind of a, and you wonder that something. I wonder how that happens. Right. Did I see something that prompted me to want to go watch that? You, I mean, you were just you just got in a dusty and Dustin equals Texas mode. Yeah, and I was just watching. But you know, you just wonder what what leads people down that path where a lot of people wind up watching similar things at similar times. All right. <coughs> so I want to. I I think this is a good place to end because we're talking about Dustin Rhodes. Because there's two other things I want to do today on this recording day. Uh-huh. I want to actually watch with you i don't know that i've ever seen it, the dustin rhodes bunkhouse buck i want to do a I'm watch along with that, with that. Yeah. and yeah. also uh for an upcoming episode i want to talk about how you would have booked dustin rhodes and cody dustin versus cody rhodes in aew i, I love the promo video i thought it was great but I, I mean it's their first show is that something maybe you would have done exactly how they did i just want to get your thoughts on that i just thought Anytime I can pick your brain as to the layout of a feud or anything like that, I like to do that. I love how your brain works in the psychology of of wrestling. Um, And I I think a lot of that just has to do with – I think one of the reasons – and you may have said this before, so I give you credit for this thought. Thanks. One of the reasons that this current generation of fans maybe doesn't understand psychology is they didn't watch John Wayne movies. True. And they don't understand it because there's not any. 
Right. Michael Bay does not know anything about psychology. No. Yeah, John Wayne's whole deal was fighting up the hill with everybody shooting at him. He's done been clipped in the shoulder and popped in the knee, and he's fighting his way up, and he's taking out all the little goons along the way, and yeah. he's, he's dragging himself through the mud and the muck to finally get to the big bad guy, and then he almost loses. Die Hard. To me, Die Hard is how a wrestling match should be laid out. Yeah. Yeah. You got a good guy. Mm-hmm. You got the bad guy that kills a couple of villagers to get over. Yeah. Insurmountable odds. The guy loses his shoes. They shoot the glass out. He's got to walk around on broken glass and bare feet. He's taking on, you know. And He's getting help from from lesser characters. Right, right. Along the way. Yeah. He's getting a little bit of help. But, the, you know. Just the way, if you want to see, to me, if you want to see the way a good wrestling match, of that ilk, of the of the, I want the baby face to overcome the obstacle. There's yeah. different types of matches, but right. of the baby face overcoming the obstacle yeah. and defeating the big, evil, nasty, bad guy, Die Hard is the way that match should be laid out. You watch Die Hard, you lay your match out like it. But to, to me, I... I 100% agree with you. To me, Die Hard is the way the year should lay out. The, of the baby yeah. face getting to WrestleMania. What we have now, right. though. I, that's what I'm saying. Right. The feud. I, oh, I said match. So, all right, got the, you. The three-match cycle should be laid out the way Die Hard is. But now, people will say, oh, they're shoving Bruce Willis down our throat. We want Carl Winslow yeah. in the main event. <laughs> This is true. That's what they want. This is true. Or the limo driver. Mm-hmm. Or the Yeah, that's more like it, the limo driver. Like this, this limo driver, he's not getting his due. He's yeah. been there. He's done everything you've asked of him. He's been where he's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, he didn't he's, leave. He didn't leave. He had opportunities to leave. He didn't leave. <laughs> he offered you a place to stay if it didn't work offered out. Offered you a place to stay. He's he's young. He's got a future ahead. <laughs> he hadn't talked bad about anybody. <laughs> he's five foot six. Right. He's, a, he's 138 pounds. He's right. He's perfect. Right. <laughs> For a main event guy. Put you know, Well, Bruce Willis has done this and paid the price, and he's already bleeding. I don't care. You're right. shoving him down you're our shoving throat. Shoving Bruce Willis down my throat here. And now you got people, everybody's cheering Hans Gruber, wanting him to win. Yeah, right. Because they, right. they appreciate his heel work. Yeah. This is awesome. Uh, I tell you another good movie if you want to watch how you could lay something out, man. Yeah. Predator. Yeah. Predator. I ain't got time to. But that's it. how you build uh, to Hogan versus Andre. Right. That that type of match. This good guy that's, you know, unstoppable. Yeah. And here's this bad guy that's unstoppable. Right. They're gonna collide at the end. Yeah. That's the immovable force meeting. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Yes. That's Hogan and Andre. Yeah, predator. Yeah, but that ain't gonna draw any money. No. Nah, why would anybody want to watch that? And I don't think it would draw today. I know it wouldn't draw today. Ain't that crazy? It is. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. It crazy. would not draw today. It wouldn't draw in the movies. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, if you released Predator, well, it's true because they released the Predator. Well, last year, and it didn't do and very Predators well. And Predators, yeah. and Predator Nine, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a, it's just a different. They like different stuff, man. 
kids these days. There's another movie opening tonight. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Well, you got that on your schedule to see this weekend? When you hope Well, to I'm see working it? this weekend, but I think Ethan and I are going Monday. Okay. And I may, if I get done, I may call him to. Well, you know. listen, well, you need to, if you want to be cool, you need to put on Facebook how you don't want to see any spoilers and you, war- you better warn everybody because you, you're not uh, a mature enough human being that if you don't want to see spoilers, you know, uh, not to go on the internet. Yeah, I'm actually, I guess I'm going to have to avoid all the internet this, this whole weekend because I don't want to know why. You I'm don't doing. think that would be easy, you don't think it would be easier just to go on Facebook and tell everybody, I'm going to come to your house and shoot you if you don't, if you put spoilers out. It probably would be easier to do that, yeah. I've said that before online, I think. <laughs> that, but that's the thing, like, you can't ruin stuff for people anymore. Right. You know, the people that ruin it don't care if you ruin stuff for them, so. Right, and I'm not going to, I don't care about spoilers. I said this in behind the scenes for our patrons. I don't, I didn't read, I haven't read any spoilers for this movie. Uh-huh. I think we all know some bad things are going to happen. I think uh-huh. we all, like, uh, anyway, that's a whole nother episode that I want to do because I want to do. I want to talk about the MCU today, maybe after lunch. I don't mm-hmm. even know what time it is. Hey, before we get out of here, I do want to thank our uh, patrons who uh, make a lot of this uh, possible. Patreon.com slash Double Dropkick for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you get access. Today, we filmed the whole pre-show. Mm-hmm. Never done that before. All the shooting the scat. The and all a bunch of non-wrestling. Just two guys who have been friends talking about life. And uh, talking about a variety of issues, how we really feel about the show Friends, uh, that's worth a dollar right there in my, to me. To me. It's worth a dollar. In my humble opinion. (laughs) Um, So I also want to thank our great friends at SOS Custom Tees. Hey, if you are an old school wrestling fan, SOS Custom Tees has got some great collectibles coming out as far as trading cards they've already got the chris hamrick cards out and they've got some other great cards coming out for some other ecw greats like shane douglas so soscustomtees.com click on the trading card uh tab yeah that's the word i'm trying to think of also banner well it's not yeah also soscustomnetwork.com where you can see all the wrestling from the region, North Carolina, South Carolina, parts of Georgia. Uh, it's where you can, hey, we talk about sometimes how WWE doesn't have coherent storylines. Hey, we try to film on the network. We try to do the commentary where you can follow the stories and you can see uh, some of these wrestlers before uh, they sign a contract and make it big. And you can you can see the growth of some of these great young uh, wrestlers in the region. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot. And we got to decide where we're going to eat lunch. So we're actually going to stop recording the audio. We're going to keep recording the video so the patrons can see <laughs> the lunch debate. But as always, for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulligan. And I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.